It is the 200 level episode 152. Mike Carpenter here in the Sunroom Studios on a rainy December 23rd. And we got Isaac Ambrose and Andrew Wilson helping us out here for a second half reaction podcast. Illinois, Penn State, a tale of two halves, or I should say a tale of one four minute stretch and then the other 16 minutes when Illinois fell down 19 to 4 before most people actually tuned in on Big Ten Network. And that made a very nice comeback effort to tie this thing up at 43-all. Before we get to Isaac and Andrew and the second half, got to remind you the 200 level is brought to you by DP Doe. Online at dpdoe.com. Use coupon code Mike. One of our rating, uh, reviewing people on Apple Podcasts, they said, hey, you get a sports podcast and $5 calzones. That's true. Coupon code Mike for $5 calzones at dpdoe.com. Fourth and Kirby online at fourthandkirby.com. Got to thank them. They send me a Christmas gift, a, a Benny's gift card. How nice of those guys to do that. But even better, go to fourthandkirby.com, order some Alani swag. Not in time for Christmas, of course, but with a long basketball season. And use coupon code 200LEVEL for 10% off your order at fourthandkirby.com. And State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it. Brian helped Kara and I out with our new house and auto. A nice bundle from State Farm and great personalized service as well. From Brian Hansen, your State Farm agent at brianismyguy.com. Alani Inquirer of the Champagne Hours Podcast Network partners with the 200 level. I think that's it the for, uh, for the formalities, guys. Isaac, I want to start with you because I think you probably have the same viewing experience as I did where we didn't tune in because the Ohio State Rutgers game until it was 19 to 4. And you can probably guess where my attitude was at at that point, but where was yours? I was in the same boat. I feel like I've always been a little bit more on the negative side and People on social media, I know I've seen you get a lot of heat carved. They're like, oh, you're so negative. But as an Illinois fan, and even as a realist, I had buddies texting me who are completely objective. And they're like, what the hell is going on with this Illinois team? So then, obviously, I'm going to be like twice as more on the what the hell is going on with this Illinois team. So I was already in my head thinking like, dear God, we're already a bubble team, blah, 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 blah. And I know that that's ridiculous now looking back on it, but... Down 15 to Penn State, it's just crazy how we were so high on this team even a couple weeks ago. After the after the Baylor loss, you're like, okay, Baylor's so good. And then you dominate Duke, and you're back on that high horse of, okay, Big Ten title or bust. And now, just a few short weeks later, you're losing by 15 right off the bat to Penn State. And I had a lot of flashbacks, Carp, to the gross era, you know, and you, we talked about this a few weeks ago. You start off a game down 25 to four and the game's over. It feels like before the first TV timeout. So I had some flashbacks of that, but with this team, you just know that they can flip a switch. And when you have IO and guys that can score in transition, and now you finally have guys that can shoot threes as well, you never really feel like, you're going to get blown out. So I had a good feeling we had a chance to come back, but still looking at the TV for the first time and being down 15 when you're supposed to possibly be Big Ten champs, it's a big gut punch. Yeah, it was a gut punch for me too, and I was doing that thing, Isaac, where I went back to even the Ohio game. They lost to Akron, John Gross's Akron team, by 20 points. And I start doing this revisionist history like Missouri. They only beat Bradley by one point last night and thinking, okay, is this a larger issue at play here? Andrew, before we get the second half started, just to let you guys know where I'm at on my, my stream, it just got back. They have the stats on the screen. 
uh, with field goal percentage and all that. So the second half's about to get underway. But Andrew, you actually were uh, one that when I texted you and said, do we even bother with this? You were like, let's just see how the next seven, 10 minutes go. And sure enough, they went much, much better for Illinois. So as they enter the second half, is it just as simple as keep doing what you were doing there? Uh, or is there something else they need to improve on? Because for me, defensively, that was still suspect as the second half gets underway here. Yeah, some of those some of the shots that they were hitting were shots I shoot in my driveway uh, that that I don't get the same outcome. So I think early on, it's uh, to Isaac's point, like it's always a little discouraging and you fear the worst. But so, some of those shots that, you know, so early, I said, if we could just hang in there, play some defense, get get some stops, make a 7-8-0 a run, uh, we'll be right back in it. And so, yeah, I think uh, I think we impose our will. We're the better team. We're the stronger team. Um, and I think now is the time when you're the better team where you, you, you act like it. And so I think coming out of the half, like you, you try to come out, you make a, a try to get on a quick six Oh seven Oh run and, uh, and stretch the lead a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's still so early in the year. It's hard to know what to think. Right. Like I, I think we buckled down and, and played well, the, the last latter part of the, the first half, but, um, it's going to be interesting what happens here in the first, uh, four to six, seven minutes. Yeah, you see DeMonte with a really nice uh, play to come out of the half there. Penn State with another 15-footer, so they tied it back up at 45 here, and I, I get the feeling that this is not going to be, the way Penn State's shooting, that was fairly consistent in the first half. They kept making these shots, Isaac, which make me think, okay, we probably aren't going to blow them out, even once we get this thing even. Now it's going to be a dogfight, but uh, as Andrew was pointing, as Andrew's alluding to Isaac, I always look for that first four-minute stretch here as Adam Miller misses a three as kind of a sign of how the rest of the half may go. We saw that at Rutgers, it didn't go well. So as you look at the five on the floor right now, the one that I keep kind of keying in on, Isaac, the one that could key a run, I think, for Illinois would be Adam Miller, who's yet to really do a lot against better competition. Are, are you concerned? Are, are these freshmen jitters i mean or just a guy kind of learning the game or is it um a bigger problem for this team because you're kind of counting on him to replace that production from the alan griffins and the andres felizes of the world yeah personally we knew who adam miller was going to be coming in we knew he was going to be a sharp shooter but then we also knew he was going to go on cold streaks he reminds me a lot of a guy like carmelo anthony uh, I mean, different body types, but if you look at Carmelo Anthony's stat line on any given night, he could be 30 points, nine for 21 shooting. And then the next night it's like 20 points, seven for 35 shooting. So I feel like with Adam Miller, you're going to see those spotty games where if he's hot, he's hot. But if he's cold, you're like, uh, so as a freshman coming in, Adam Miller plays in one of the best you know, leagues in the state of Illinois. And he's always, he was Mr. Basketball. So it's just been so easy for him. And to come in and play these good teams where you're not the best player on the floor and you get in your head because you're cold and you've missed five straight shots. I think it's just going to be an adjustment. And once he picks that up, we saw the same thing with Io his freshman year. But yeah, you're, it's scary because you put a lot of pressure on a freshman like that to produce. So when he's not producing like the kid you recruited him to be, like the best player in the state of Illinois, it's a little frustrating. But luckily, unlike years in the past, it's not like, okay, Adam Miller, your star freshman isn't playing well, you're screwed. Like a few years ago when we recruited Io in his freshman year, he was struggling and we were actually screwed. So Adam, I mean, who who better would you want him to be around, though, than Io Dasumu? So maybe he'll become that clutch killer we need him to be here shortly but 
he, it's a long season. He's got a lot of time to progress. We are tied up at 47 all. I'll do some play-by-play here in the last two minutes of this opening stretch. So we've had a DeMonte layup and Kofi with another couple points. I think Kofi's 9 for 10 from the field. And a third foul on that Harar, the one of the bigs for Penn State. And I think that could actually be a fairly big deal because Harar, if ever, recall, he had a pretty, pretty good range from shooting, and he was kind of stretching Kofi out on defense. So here we go. Tied up 47 all, 17.35 to go. Adam Miller taking a baseline. He gets the foul and one, just as we talk about that. Uh, great body control there, Andrew. Well, Andrew, are you at the same point as we are? I'm at 17.32. Yep, I just saw the and one. Okay, so, I mean, uh, I'm looking here. It uh, looks like good body control and strong finish, and, God, he's he doesn't look like a freshman. I'll say that. Like, physically, he does not look like he's 18 years old. I think I think Miller's. I'm gonna have to. Sorry, I'm just gonna have to warn you quick. I'm gonna have to pull a Trevor. I'm actually watching on cable right now. Oh my! So God. I'm just gonna mute mute myself when I'm not talking. <laughs> That's so I fine. Don't give anything away. That's fine. Go ahead, Andrew. I think Miller. I think one of his challenges, especially as a freshman, is like figuring out the rhythm of the game, like where to find his shots. And I think we saw early in the season. Sometimes he kind of forces it to get it going, which is a natural instinct as a scorer. So you, you love to see him go to the basket, get something easy, just see the ball go through the hoop and and uh, and also get to the foul line to kind of get a rhythm. But I think to me, like and, and what we saw from Corbello the first half, I really think that, he, that he's the key to this team. I think Miller can obviously score the ball better, and that's something that we need. But Corbello was really the flame that ignited kind of uh, us getting back into the game a little bit. And, you know, Trent, Trent Frazier, not to take anything away from him, but you know, I think I think a pure point guard on this team, a guy that can spoon feed Kofi, he goes eight of eight in the first half and, and is rolling and and continues kind of his dominance in the paint. I think Curbelo, uh going into this year, I didn't understand that he would have such a big role on the team, but I think that role is going to keep growing and and he's going to be one of our most important players. Demonte with a nice take here. So we have Demonte going the line for two. We're tied up at forty nine all. We're trading buckets. Penn State. Their baskets are not coming as easy. These are jump shots. So I, I hope that means something as this half goes forward. And Andrew, one more quick point about Trent. I wanted to get your thought on this. So it, we saw, we've seen Trent actually be, he can be a lockdown defender if the matchup is right, but Penn State has all these tweeners, these 6'5, six, 6'6 six, six guys, and he's having difficulty, I feel like, defensively tonight. There was one take that I think Jones for Penn State had late in the first half that Trent just got out physical. He's just not big enough as we see Corbello come in here. So is it simply a matchup thing for Trent? Because I know it's it's never going to be effort with him. He keeps the guy in front of him, but I just feel like with that size, a matchup like Penn State actually doesn't work out so much for him. Yeah, I think, I mean, any anytime you're 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 a true 5'10 or 5'11, Trent's a great on on the ball defender. And uh I, I think he even got a ton of praise from other other um other Big Ten guys yeah. saying that he yeah. was the best defender in the league. But I don't think he's a versatile defender. I think he can guard on the ball and can guard ones. But uh, basketball, you know, I, I think the college game models a lot of of the NBA changes. Um, and I think basketball a, as a whole has kind of come become positionless. You have a guy like Io who's a six five point guard and could probably play one through four in, in, in the college game. And so I think that that hurt Trent hurt, hurts Trent a little bit. And I think. Uh, as good of a defender as he is, he isn't a versatile defender. And uh, 
yeah, guys are going to pop shots in his face. And and I think we saw that the first half with some of the shots that Penn State was making. Yeah, he reminds me a little bit of going back to the day, Corey Bradford. And here's the thing. Corey was so consistent in his career, and he found that niche when Frank came on board a sophomore year, but his production went down. But that's the, the key, though, is that while Corey's production went down, the consistency didn't. So night in, night out, you knew what you were getting. If if you can get Trent consistently going for around 10 a game, which he's capable of, that just changes everything. So we got a miss for Penn State. Io on a fast break opportunity here. He's taking it up. It is good. So we have a three-point Illinois lead, 52-49. And Isaac, I know you're a little bit ahead of us here, but with this opening four-minute stretch, we wanted to take the lead. We wanted to impose our will. I'm liking the fact that Illinois is getting easier shots than Penn State and just hoping, Isaac, that over the course of the next 16 minutes that that means something, that the better team with the better shots will, in fact, win. I think your point right there is huge. I mean, Penn State has got to start missing at some point, right? You're playing better defense, I'd say, since probably the 10-minute mark of the first half. So you're Another three for Penn State, so we're tied. Of course. Yeah, I know. And that's why I was prompted to say that. I mean, they're going to start missing. In Derek's article before the game, he was saying, you know, they live and die by the three, which has been somewhat true today. But your shots are coming easier. You're getting to the basket pretty much at will. So if it comes to the end of a game and you're trying to get fouled, you're trying to get those tough buckets versus a step back three, I'm taking, I'm liking our chances. But I think defense has been just a lot better. Something Brad must have said in in one of the timeouts there in the first half really started clicking. And I like your energy. You're playing like you have something to win. You have something to play for here already at the beginning of the Big Ten season. Um, you look like the better team finally. Besides Kofi in the first half, Penn State was pretty much imposing their will on the rest of your players. So you got guys playing like they actually belong at the top of the big 10 and hopefully we can pull this one out. And we've been talking about this. A win's a win. So if you win by five, Oh yeah. Less, doesn't matter. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a little bit upset. I guess how you started because you can't start that way against everybody, but a win is a win on the road in the big 10. Yeah. I'll take the learning experience after a win. This whole thing starting 19 to four, oh, yeah. which was such a, a throwback to the Miami game last year. And that was at home and you almost pulled off the comeback. And I think you were down by as much as 26. So a, a little bit apples and oranges. And it's kind of the inverse of what we saw in the Rutgers Ohio state game right before the Illinois Penn state game tipped off where Rutgers is the away team had built up a 16 point lead. Penn state was up 15 at home and that was much earlier. And then Ohio state came back and just kind of dominated from that point. But I, I do wonder you know, Andrew, if you look at big moments in a season, and I, I don't know if I'm trying to set this game up for something larger than it is, but I've been waiting for this Illinois team to flip the switch in terms of intensity and toughness. And I know those are kind of cliche terms, but they have been lacking that in the Rutgers game, in the Missouri game. And if it keeps on going on, it's a trend. And I'm thinking, well, if they could withstand that 19-4 run, get out of here with a win, even if it's not pretty down the stretch, maybe that can do wonders for this team, especially with the new pieces like Corbello and Miller, who have to learn how to gut it out in the Big Ten. Yeah, absolutely. I think some of those defining moments, you don't really know when they're happening, but you win a game like this and make it make it ugly here and... and uh, yeah, you, you move on and maybe we rattle off a little winning streak and, and this is the game where it's like, hey, you, you come out of the gates, you're, you're down by 16, 17 points and you figure it out. Um, and yeah, I think, I, think, uh, I think as a tough team, 
you just try to go in and, and think about each moment, each game, take it one play at a time. And uh, if, if we can win this game, each game in the Big Ten is going to be an absolute dogfight. I mean, right before this, I saw Rutgers, who was, who was playing incredible basketball, get knocked off by Ohio State. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think, I think all these games are, are going to be tests for all the Big Ten teams. Um, but hopefully this is a momentum builder. We walk out of here with a win and it's, it's, uh, the start of a little streak. Yeah. And, and you want to win. I mean, obviously you want to win any road game you can. Sean Harrington used to always say on back in the day on 93, five, that home wins are worth zero home losses are minus one road losses are zero and road road wins are plus one. And that's just a formula that you can kind of use to calculate who's going to win the big 10 title. And it usually comes down to who holds serve at home and doesn't lose any ground, and who sneaks out some wins on the road. And as I see Rutgers lose at Ohio State, Corbello gets fouled here on the take with 15-11 to go. He'll go to the line to shoot two. As I see Rutgers lose on the road, I see Michigan State lose at Northwestern, which is still confounding, road game or not, and think, okay, you know, down 19 or nineteen to four, that is something that we need to address and, and figure that out so it doesn't happen again. But, God, if you can just scratch out a win here with a lot of home games coming up, which Illinois has plenty at State Farm Center. Okay, so we got Corbello going to the line here. I'll do some play-by-play, guys, and throw it back and forth to you guys after each play here. Uh, Corbello with the first free throw coming up. Tie game, 52 all. First free throw is up and good. So we have a one-point lead here with 15-11 to go. The lineup right now for Illinois, someone just came in, it looks like. So we have Adam Miller taking a seat. And your five out there include Corbello. Once we get the camera to pan out here. Georgie in for Kofi for a spell. DeMonte, I believe Io, and uh, who else is out there? We got Penn State ball, two-point Illinois lead, 15.07 to go. Okay, I'm going to look here, guys, for the kind of shot that Penn State gets. They drive it to the lane, they kick it out, they drive it back into the lane, and that is an easy two that they cannot convert on. So, man, they make the 15-footers, but they can't make the 5-footers. This is Andre Corbello taking it to the rim. He gets the ball knocked away, but he keeps it alive to Trent for a three. Ah, God, got to make that, Trent. And that is going to Georgie, who gets a loose ball rebound. Back up top to Curbelo. He's looking for Io on the corner. It is up. It is no good. Can't make the threes. And it's going to be a foul on Penn State. And that will be their sixth to Illinois' one. Andrew, do you think Illinois had a fouling epidemic? They did in terms of calls. But as you were watching, let's say, the Rutgers and the Missouri game, and Illinois got 25-plus fouls called on him, is it just a matter of playing, getting too handsy, not moving the legs, or a mix between that and I don't know, soft officiating. Yeah, maybe a little soft officiating. I'm, uh, I try to look at it objectively, but I'm obviously a little bit biased. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to say some of those games in the big 10, just, uh, it's, it's not the basketball you always want to see where it's, it's, uh, constant whistles and constant stopping. But yeah. No flow. It's what the big 10 is. You know, I think, uh, I think even growing up watching big 10 basketball, like the games always felt slower than, than the ACC and, when the shot clock was a little bit longer, you'd get scores that were in the, the low forties at the end of a game. And I think it's gotten better and, and bas- college basketball by and large has gotten more exciting, but it felt like one of those kind of throwback games where the, the, the game is constantly stopping and just watching those, that, that actually last sequence, how impressive are those Corbello passes? I know, oh, I know he missed two threes, but he, he gets right into the lane, gets trend an open shot, a little left-handed like dump pass to Io. That's perfectly, uh, Kind of where he can catch it and, and put it up quickly. Um, it's so rare to see a, a point guard like that in college basketball who's just so pure. And and the fact that he's a freshman and 
just still a scrawny kid. It's 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 exciting what this guy yeah. can become. Raw, but he has this. Okay, what is this? Uh, Isaac, so you're a little bit ahead of us. That was actually a foul on DeMonte after they looked at that um, and went back. DeMonte, I guess uh, it's a foul if Penn State is elbowing you in the face and you're just kind of trying to go for a rebound. So <laughs> I hate as we were just talking about the refs. Another official review, of course. So we went we went to the monitor and then that's what they determined, which that's just a judgment call. And, and they they kind of let Georgia get away with the foul there. So it's now tied up 54 all on a take from Penn State. It's just, and Andrew and and Isaac, you guys both mentioned this, and Isaac, you mentioned this, I think, on Sunday's podcast, but the flow of the game is just, it gets interrupted by this, and you wish that, of course, you got to call them as you see them, but it it really just takes away the entertainment level. I'm not just saying that because Illinois isn't getting the benefit of a lot of these, as Corbello misses a layup, Penn State ball with the tie game, they're taking it to the hoop, and we got a charge. That's what Trent's great at, Isaac. He probably has double-digit charges on the year. Yeah, Trent is like that guy. I don't know if either of you played high school basketball, but I feel like every team, especially in central small town Illinois, every team has that guy that he's not very good at much, but he's pretty scrappy and he knows how to take charges. So <laughs> like that's, Mulcahy. That's right there. Like Mulcahy yeah, for Rutgers. Yeah, oh, my gosh. If I was watching the Rutgers-Ohio State game. Did he, he do Did he do the same sort of stuff? I, think, I didn't miss. I, I didn't catch Brad, that game. When Underwood made that comment about going to acting school or whatever, it's almost like he was taking a direct shot at uh, Paul there. Yeah, it felt like Because it. he just, anyways, not going to talk about that this game, but <laughs> um, it really does. It messes up the flow. Imagine if, imagine, so the SEC, we can all agree, is more of a hard-hitting conference than any other conference probably. They put more guys in the NFL. Imagine if every play almost they called an unnecessary roughness or, you know, uh, more holdings just simply because it's a better conference. So you're going to call more fouls and charges and things in the Big Ten because it's a bigger, deeper, heavier conference? No, like it just, I don't know. They need to, refing needs to be objective. They need to call the same throughout the league, but it's a, they need to get better at the flow of the game, you know? And, yeah, I was actually thinking um, about this today, Isaac, and, and like, Okay, first off, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't the word flagrant mean, isn't that essentially intentional? If you do something flagrantly, there is intent behind it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they have the flagrant one and two, correct. which of course just muddies the waters. But what they're trying to do is say, well, this one doesn't have intent and this one does. I get it. But it, what it does, the more wrinkles you put into the game, clearly these officials, they got enough on their plate to not be thinking about that too and not going to the booth every five minutes to see, or the monitor every five minutes to see who might have fouled this guy on which possession. And it, it, it makes you think we got all this technology and we're just improving leaps and bounds uh, in so many different areas of the society, but officiating is the same damn like archaic method that we've always had. And it's getting worse. It's actually getting worse with all this stuff. Not saying I don't want review, but there's Trent with the big three. 59 to 54. I hope that can, as a Penn State turnover here with 1310 to go, hopefully that's the catalyst or something. That's two big threes for Trent today, Andrew. Two really big threes for yeah. him. Yeah, back to your last point, and not to be conspiratorial, but I think it's also interesting when you think about where officiating is going. It seems like the trend is uh, across the United States, gambling is becoming legal. And I think big money and influence, uh, some of these calls, which are to be fair to the refs are hard to get right all the time. You kind of shake your head and, and you look at the numbers and the lines and you're sure. like, could do that have anything to do with it? Uh, 
No, so, I don't think so, it's yeah. I don't think it's something to scoff at when you consider here's another three attempt for Trent. Ah, oh, in and out, but Kofi with the board, up and in, and he gets fouled. That could be a huge, huge turn here with the seven point lead, twelve forty nine to go. I would love for Illinois to run away with this, but think about this. Okay, so we have the Tim Donahue situation, and that was what twenty years ago, early two thousands that came out, kind of a lone wolf, I believe, and he's just that that was old school. He's going to his bookie putting money in for that and then yeah. roughing NBA games. But you're right with the ease of access to betting, which I love it. And I mean, Isaac, you do it too, right? And Andrew, oh, I, know, yeah. and Andrew I, I know you do too. Sorry. That was just a beautiful stretch. Uh, love sports betting. There's some great deals. Sorry. I'm just, my mind's kind of catching up. With okay. So, well, no, one sec. But... Jacob Grandison gets the rebound here. So Illinois, I'm thinking something good may happen with the seven point lead. Illinois ball. Grandison has been active today. Here's Corbello. He's taking it to the rim. And that is up, and it is no good. But Kofi with a board, and it's in. Two is better than one. It is a nine-point, what is it, nine-point lead? Eight-point. Eight-point lead, 62-54. Okay, we got it updated with 12.32 to go. Illinois showing some major, major intensity this half. But yeah, no, Isaac, continue. I'm sorry, we were talking just about how you know, I get it's conspiratorial, but I don't think it's without merit to discuss how widespread gambling is now. And you got these guys not making a ton of money to do this. Oh, no. I mean, again, I'm not going <laughs> to. Right. We don't want to sound like the basement YouTube conspiracy theorist down here, but it does feel like that sometimes, especially that used to happen a lot of times with the Patriots. And it seems like it happens with Alabama, Ohio State, the big the big uh, dynasties. These refs seem to call games certain ways, and it is insane. It's really insane how close Vegas is on all these spreads and how the over-unders carp, like, I mean, they get it down to a T. I'll be like, oh, it's for sure going to be over that, or oh, it's going to for sure be under that. And it turns out they get within one or two points of the actual game score. Yeah, there are exceptions, but it does feel like Vegas knows for, um, for the most part. And we could not bet on this game, but Andrew, the spread was going into it. I think it had moved up to Illinois was, was giving, four. yeah, was giving up four or four and a half, depending on the betting site that was up from, I think the opening line of one and a half or two. And as that line kind of moved today, Andrew, it's, it's weird that I look at a line move and think, oh, I'm liking our chances better because betters are liking it too. Like, like clearly the people putting money on the game. And the odds makers, they know more than I do. So I, I like the way that trend is going. Do you ever get that? Like if, if you got, let's say, a Browns game coming up that you're going to watch and you see that line move in the Browns direction, do you get that same sense? A hundred percent. I've been on sports long enough to, to trust Vegas better than I trust myself. So I think it's always uh, it's always a good sign when you've seen the, the line move in, in your team's favor, uh, you know, e- even half a point, you know, you know, the, the masterminds with the big money behind it are, are leaning your way. I want to watch Casino now. Have you guys seen that movie? De Niro, Pesci, old Scorsese oh, movie? Yeah. Cla- yeah. Classic. Basically, Goodfellas, but three hours long in a casino. Have you seen it, Isaac? I would recommend it if you haven't. Good winter break movie. I think Isaac's a little ahead of us here. We got 62 to sorry, 54. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was just answering and forgot I put myself. No, no, you're good. Uh, no, this I is Zo- this is Zoom I, for you. No worries. Yeah, I have not heard it, but um, I just recently watched Ocean's Eleven again. Side That's a note, fun movie. But, um, yeah, great movie. That's one that I saw in the theater and has this infinite rewatchability to it, where 
if it's on, let's say TNT on a weekend or something, it's it's easy watching. Okay, so was this a three or two for Trent Isaac? It's right now. They're still looking at it. It looks like a three to me. Yeah. I don't think there's. It's not indisputable, which again is one of those buzzwords that referees like to use. See, that looks like I a three from the behind the basket. That looks like a three. Yeah. They'll screw it up somehow, I'm sure. Uh, real quick, before we get back to game <laughs> action with Illinois leading by eight or nine, we'll see. Got to remind you, the 200 level is brought to you by DP Doe, and you may want to check their hours over the Christmas break here, but they're going to be open for the most part, and they deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. So use coupon code MIKE for $5 calzones, $6 premium and construction zones at dpdoe.com. Okay, so they're really going over this play with a fine-tooth comb, and it's still under review. Or is it not? It it is going to stand. They marked it at two. Yeah, it's dead. I don't see. It looked like a three, but maybe. That's uh, what I said. Whatever, whatever. Well, if we lose by one, we know what to blame. Okay, so more more than the <laughs> night, more than going down nineteen to four, of course. Okay, so Penn State with the ball, twelve twenty seven to go. We still have the under twelve media timeout coming up, and a foul on the floor on Miller, and that's his third. He is very foul prone, and defensively, Andrew, there are two times that Adam Miller on transition D got lost right around the free yeah, throw line he, and gave up dunks. He, he looks like he was thinking about your uh, $5 calzone promo. Can't blame uh, him. Kind of caught, caught in, caught in the mist. No, I can't blame him. That, that actually sounds great. I, I was, uh, I'm a big fan of the, uh, the barbecue chicken zone myself. That was, that was my go-to delicious. Okay. So we got an eight point um, lead here and Penn state with the ball. I guess they're going to leave Miller out there. Here's a take by 12 for Penn State. Nice take. I, I don't know their names. I don't even know the coach's name, guys. I didn't even look up the coach's name before this. Trent with a take to the rim. Adam Miller cannot finish. A rebound to Grandison. It's going to be a jump ball, and possession arrow goes to who? We call it timeout, I believe. Timeout. Okay. Well, and this is... Ugh, I Trent tries so hard, and I'm not trying to beat him up, but like... Uh, I, and I can't say one-dimensional because defensively, you're right, Andrew. Great on the ball defender. And while that is, he's not as versatile. He is really good at that. But man, in, in terms of in traffic, finishing around the rim, that has never really been his strength. Is it just a size thing? I guess that's it. I think, yeah, I think so. And, and it, I'm like, again, not to take too much away from him. Like, I think he, he is our spiritual leader and he's the guy on the floor who uh, you know, especially with a lot of young guys on the team can kind of keep us together mentally. But, you know, I think objectively also there, there's ways that he can play a role in doing that without being on the floor as much as he is. And I think it's going to be really interesting how Underwood kind of plays it. And I could see Curbelo really eating into Trent's minutes. Um, I, I don't think anything drastic like uh, like pulling Trent from, from kind of his starter role and, and inserting a freshman in there. But I, I'm going to be interested to see kind of the mix of minutes because, uh, Unless Trent starts playing much better and and kind of picking up where he left off after his his sophomore campaign, I mean his junior year he was down, uh, I, I believe ten plus percentage points from deep. I think he shot yep. the three at thirty percent. His field goal percentage from uh, overall was at thirty two, um, and his assist dropped. So it's like you know his his production uh, isn't great. And and if you want to be a great team and and if you're a great coach, sometimes you have to make really difficult decisions like that and. And I'm sure when when Underwood goes to sleep at night, uh, Frazier's one of those guys he thinks about in terms of trusting and 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 wants to put him on the floor. 
but you got to win games. And, and so, again, it's going to be interesting how Curbelo's success kind of maybe eats into some of Trent's time. Yeah, as I look at Trent's numbers here this year, he had 19 against Rutgers, which was his best game of the year. Really good game. And Minnesota, 10 points, but really good defensively against Carr from Minnesota. But yeah, you're right about this. I'm looking at the three-point percentage, though. He is at 48% this year. And essentially, that's I mean, that's better than I could ask of anybody. So that that is encouraging with him. I, I think this is yeah. interesting, though, as as I look forward to what end of game situations are going to look like, Isaac. I'm thinking that you're five or Kofi for sure. And then Io and DeMonte for sure. And I think it's going to be Trent and Curbelo. I think Miller right now is the odd man out in terms of the closing lineup because there's just too much too many mistakes defensively and not enough consistently not enough consistency offensively for me to trust him in late game situations like I would Curbelo. I think the other four that's a given. Oh yeah, I'm I'm slowly starting to lean more start Curbelo, but Carb it's one of those situations where he seems to bring so much excitement off the bench. You know, last year you left Felice on the bench for a while. Um if he's bringing in all these great passes and excitement that can really get a team going, it's hard to start him. But right, Miller's offensive performance has not been great the past few games. It outweighs some of the, his mistakes and yeah. turnovers. So it w- it would be interesting, definitely, to see Brad play with the starting lineup just just right there because I think everything else is pretty much set in stone. So maybe mix up Trent Adam or Curbelo, Trent Adam Curbelo. Do some mixing and matching and see what what gives you the best performance. Um, I think Curbelo's seems like he's got more of the mindset where he's like, hey, I just want to play basketball. I'm going to come out here and ball. It doesn't matter if I start or if I sit. And I again, I don't know these guys personally, but I feel like Adam might take that a little bit more personally. Um, and if you're a sharpshooter like that, it's harder to come off the bench and just drain threes. Yeah, I think, think. Y- you get that, that shot of adrenaline when Curbelo comes off the bench. I don't mind that as long as they don't continue to have poor starts to games. But really, if you think of the Rutgers game without Curbelo out there, they started 10 to 2. So if you can start off good and then Curbelo comes in, then you can really push that lead as you get into the 12, 10 minute mark of the first half. Curbelo makes both free throws to go back up eight here. So he gets fouled on that take, makes both free throws. That's nine fouls on Penn State with 11.45 to go. Only three on Illinois. We'll see if there's a little flurry coming up here in a bit. Io. Picks the pocket here of a Penn State shooter. Trent's going to fake the three. He's going to now take it. It is up. It is no good. Grandison with a board up and in. He has Isaac. We've joked about him. Where was this Grandison at? Dude, he's making a difference tonight. He's looking really good. He's playing the DeMonte role. I think he's got like five or six points. Of course, Harar makes a three. Gag me with a spoon. Is that not Harar? It's another tall white guy of their many. Okay, 66 to 59, 11 minutes to go, 11.10 to go with Curbelo running point for Illinois. So here's the lineup, Curbelo, Grandison, Io, Trent, Kofi. Oh, okay, well, I like the sound of that. Uh, Let's see here. We got Frazier back up to Curbelo, finds Kofi, easy. Oh, no, misses it. Okay, so I don't know if this is good or bad. Penn State here with the take. It is up. It is no good. We're going the other way. Kofi, this is Curbelo. I'm guessing he's taking it coast to coast. That's exactly what he does. Incredible. That's an NBA He's move. He's so good around the basket. <laughs> That's pretty incredible. 68-59, to 59, Illinois with a nine-point lead with 10.30 to go. Really strong start to the second half here. Another two for Penn State. They don't, you know, I, I, I want to win by 20, but they keep making these shots. Here's Iowa on a fast break. 
and he gets fouled? Are they not calling the foul? I guess not, but I he was makes it. Say, I think I was one of those guys. He's so good in contact and so good in transition. He makes fouls look like they're not fouls. Him and Kofi, they both could be called a lot more than they are. You think they give the benefit that, of the doubt? Look, Andrew, go ahead, sir. That looked like one that 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 looked like one they might have called if he didn't make the bucket. Which, yeah, I think sometimes it's like an anticipatory whistle or not to whistle. Like, if he doesn't make it, I'm ready to go. Uh, Curbelo gets called for yeah. a foul here, reaching in as Penn State takes it. But that's only the fourth team foul in Illinois, so we're a ways away from bonus. And what I love about this team and why it's so tantalizing, Andrew, is that when they get out and run, I mean, they're as good as anybody. And I, I can't say best team in the nation offensively, but we're finding out that offensively, and the half court's gotten better too, Offensively, this team is not going to have many issues this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I think with Underwood recruiting athletes, I think that's the type of basketball he wants to play. Like, if, if we can get up and down, if we can defend, if we can get out in transition, that plays to the strengths of all of these guys that Underwood's trying to bring in. And I, I again, objectively, uh, I, I try not to be biased talking about Ayo DeSumo and, and, um, and be a homer here, but he, he's the best um, open court player I can remember at Illinois. Yeah, I would agree. Because D Brown, guy, go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. When that guy gets downhill, I mean, D Brown, D Brown has speed that I think uh, is so rare. But I think Io's maybe six or seven inches that he has on him and ability to finish through contact. I mean, when Io gets downhill, um, I think he could be really good in the NBA if, if he can figure out how to consistently hit. Um, that, that deep shot and his, his jump shot has only gotten better dur- dur- during his time here. Um, he could be a really effective NBA player. I mean, when he, when he has that downhill steam, he's, he's going to the basket and, and he converts at a high clip. Yeah. He's got decent size too. I know he's only six, five, but his arm span makes him more like a six, seven player sometimes. And with that speed and yep. his ability to get to the rim. Yeah. He, he'll find a niche in the NBA at, at a minimum. Georgie keeps getting called. Or what are these? He's getting called on the foul when he's trying to seal out. It seems like that happens about once every game, and Georgie looks confused, but it keeps happening. Here's a nice feed to Georgie, up and in. He still has a good touch around the rim, which I'm really encouraged this year by Isaac, is the fact that Georgie seems to have refound his touch around the rim, which he lost last year. Yeah, Georgie's been, for the most part this season, played into his role that you wanted him to be last year. You knew he wasn't going to be your true five last year, after you were able to finally recruit a center in Kofi Coburn. And Georgie, that's that's what his role should be. I think his his top performance is going to be um, a backup center where he can get solid minutes. You can get six to eight points. Six to eight rebounds would be lovely. And last year, I think he was trying to be freshman year Georgie and put on a show. So he's still going to make mistakes. But for the most part of this season, he's played his role really well. So a frustrating sequence there, a turnover by Crabella with about 840 to go where he just threw it right to a Penn State guy. He got stuck in no man's land. And then very poor job by Illinois getting back on defense. And this is, you know, this will happen with Crabello. You take the good with the bad and know that he's going to make more spectacular plays than bad ones. I think that's only his second turnover on the night. Here's Iowa with the take, and that's a block, but I think he will go to the line. Okay, so seven-point Illinois lead with 804 to go, already in the double bonus. Five fouls on Illinois, so still two two away from the bonus for Penn State. And what I want to see here, Andrew, is I want to see these free throws made, and he'll get two of them. And then once you get to the under-eight timeout, being up nine, 10, 11 points, 
Penn State continues to make shots to keep you from going up like, you know, 13, 14, but I, I feel like we're due. I feel like we're due for a 5 nothing, 6 nothing spurt to kind of put this game away. Yeah, I'd love to see us just keep attacking and maybe even pick up full court. Uh, if you're going to be one of the best teams in college basketball, you got to pride yourself on on having stamina and maybe exert a little bit of pressure and uh, and, and pick them up full court and, and just keep trying to wear them down. Yeah, it's it's puzzling how Penn State because I'm looking at this, Isaac, and thinking, I know that defensively early on, I don't, I don't care what kind of shots they were taking. You scored 19 points in five minutes. Bad defense is a part of that. But overall, I can't. There's been a few lapses as a three goes up for Penn State. Of course, they make it. The perimeter defense, I guess, could be in question. But God dang, like they keep making these shots. And I'm thinking, OK, I've seen worse defense. So what's the deal here? It's just Penn State keeps making them. Is that simple? It's. It's pretty frustrating. I think it's a good mix of both. I mean, there were a few threes in the first half. I forget who it was, but they shot it from dang near the logo. And what are you going to do? That's like last year when Anthony Cowan hit that 35-footer from the logo. Some guys are just on. But there was a lot of mistakes. You could not guard the pick and roll to save your life last half. So that's looked a lot better right now. Um, But I think it was definitely a mix of both. I love how Io, he's having a cold night, but he's just playing the... Oh, man. He he had a... as you were talking, he's Isaac, he had guy role. yeah, you're right. As as you were talking, he had another putback off of his own miss, and then he got a rebound there as Penn State misses two threes, which I would hope is a harbinger of things to come here. Eight point lead for Illinois, seventy six to sixty eight. We got six fifty to go in the game. Io with the ball with ten seconds to go on the shot clock. He's just going to take it himself. It looks like no, he finds Adam Miller for three. It is up. Need him to make that. But Georgie with the board, he goes up. It's in Georgie with great minutes, and you know I'm thinking Andrew not going too far ahead here, but next year, assuming that Kofi is not on the team, I don't mind senior Georgie as your center. I know there's imperfections defensively. He's not great, but offensively, he's a pretty good player. Yeah, definitely. I, I, Kofi's so interesting. I, I actually am, am, as it stands today, I would slightly lean towards him coming back. I just don't know if he's quite NBA ready. I don't know if he can guard the pick and roll or, or if teams think that, uh, you know, he, he even has a, a shot to guard the pick and roll in the NBA. So Io misses this. So he's going to get two shots coming out of the break here with a eight point Illinois lead 78 to 70. Yeah. And I, I think Andrew for him, a guy that we're going to rely on down low. Yeah. yeah. I think next year's team is going to be really good. I think they could be. I lost you there for a second, but um, to the point about Kofi, I think for him, it is less about if the NBA is ready for him and more if he's just ready to go. It, it does seem like he is intent on, going pro at the first instance that he can. And, and I got to say, you know, you continue to put up stats like this. Maybe a team takes a flyer because you can't teach size as the old cliche goes. But um, with an eight point lead here, i uh, going to take a quick break, guys. Remind everybody that you can go to fourthandkirby.com. Use coupon code 200 level at fourthandkirby.com. Great Illini swag in time for basketball season, Big Ten basketball season at fourthandkirby.com. Okay, so we are in a position now, Isaac, where with double bonus, and hey, kudos Illinois, knock on wood, but they're making their free throws tonight. So that is one major storyline in this game. They're making them and getting a lot of opportunities. It just seems to me, Isaac and Andrew kind of hit on this as well, that if you keep going to the rim, good things are going to happen and then just get a few stops and you can put this thing on ice. Yeah, this is the perk of having a guy like Io that can easily get to the rim. And when you're having a cold night, if you have guys that can drive and get into the lane and get some contact, 
it doesn't really matter if you're super cold because you can always get to the rim. So the fact that you have this solid lead and you're making your free throws and Iowa's getting to the rim at will, I feel pretty confident so far. But again, the free throws are something that I'm trying not to take for granted because you haven't had that in the past few games. Something, too, to consider is it's no excuse. You're one of the top teams in the Big Ten. and But it, it has been a weird season, and a lot of travel, people say, oh, there's no fans, so home court advantage isn't really a thing. But think about how much Illinois traveled the past few days. I mean, you went out to Rutgers, a, a good team, and played in Piscataway. Then you came back home, then like turned right around and went back to Penn State, and then have had barely any rest. So even though there's no fans, it still takes a toll on a team. So maybe we can credit some of the slow start to that. Um, Because I know me personally, it would be hard to get out of bed if I flew a couple uh, long flights and then had to get up and play a basketball game. Oh, yeah. I mean, it it does a number on your body. I mean, travel's not easy. And I'm thinking about how the stretch coming up here, this is what's encouraging for Illinois is you get Indiana on Saturday. So not, not a huge break, but you are at home against Indiana. Indiana, by the way, they play Northwestern at home tonight. That spread is Northwestern plus eight and a half. And I, I don't know if I touch that because I feel like the Northwestern win against Michigan State is an aberration. I don't buy stock in them. But you get Indiana at home on Saturday. Then you get a week off with Purdue coming in on January 2nd. I think that's a perfectly placed week off before this stretch here. Purdue at home, at Northwestern, Maryland at home, at Nebraska. And that is just a run that you got to go on. I know you got Ohio State at home on the 16th. EJ Liddell, of course, is playing at another level right now. Penn State again on the 20th before you have that gauntlet of Michigan State on the road, Iowa at home, at Indiana, Wisconsin at home, at Michigan State, which if you can do what you need to do in these next eight games, that is essentially the difference between winning a Big Ten title and finishing fourth or fifth in the conference. So we got Iowa. With an eight-point lead, 6.06 to go. I know Isaac's a little bit ahead of us. We, uh, Andrew and I are both on the streaming services, so we're close here. Andrew, are you at the first free throw coming up for Io? 6.06? Yep. Okay, cool. He's about to step up right now. First one is up and good. So the free throw shooting continues for Illinois, 79 to 70. And Io, I, I need to check the stat line. I get the feeling he's got like a quiet 22 or something. He's got 20 points. He loves playing at Penn State, as you guys recall from last year, which... In a long list of awesome moments in last year's season, Io coming back from an injury and dominating in that game and getting the game winner. Uh, that well, so real quick, we're up 10, 80 to 70. We're feeling good at the moment. Andrew, then Isaac, what was the best moment of last year's season for you? Because the Penn State one might be it for me, just because there was it was so unexpected. Yeah, my, my fiance is a badger. So when when Io at the top of the key had that crossover and then knocked down the shot in kind of a Michael Jordan-esque way. Uh, I, I remind Laura of that, uh, yeah, pretty much every chance I get. So By the way, th- that one that one will stick out. That was that was that was the biggest shocker, just because up to that point Illinois hadn't gotten really a, a signature win yet in that season. Okay, so Penn State, of course, it's another fifteen footer. Iowa goes to the rim. That should be a goaltend. It is. So back to a ten point lead. He's back at twenty three points, I think, or twenty two. Isaac, what what was the number one for you? I know we got on tape your reaction during the Michigan game in the buzzer beater or not quite a buzzer beater, but game. Winner. Yeah. A uh, quick, quick thing too. I just thought of the Penn state game last year was one of those games where Vegas knew. Cause I think the line was like 10 or 11 minus 10 or 11 for Penn state. And then it right before it came out that I was playing the line dropped to like 7.5 or something. So Vegas knew Iowa was going to come back and eventually they went to win the game. 
But yeah, it's hard. It's hard for me to not pick the Michigan game just because we were doing the podcast together. And I personally have a distaste for Michigan because I grew up in Grand Rapids and I had a lot of cocky Michigan friends. So it felt really nice to take that one and have Io just stick it to him with that last second shot right in Simpson's face. And Simpson's one of those guys who's feisty. So you kind of just like to hit hit a game winner in his face, even when he's playing good defense. It was kind of one of those moments where Iowa was like, hey, I don't care what you're going to do. I'm going to score. All right, so a miss three here for Penn State, but they get a rebound. I don't know what DeMonte was doing to let his man get the three. That was after a scuffle where the teams are jabbing at each other. And, okay, so I'm going to take a win however we can get it. But eventually, Penn State, these are not the easiest shots, but they are open shots. And that's a problem. And what are we going to be, Iowa? Well, guess what? Our offense, as much as I like it, it ain't Iowa good. Because when Iowa's on and they're making three-pointers, they're scoring 100. And I don't know how often we're going to do that. So this defense is just puzzling to me, Andrew, where we can chalk it up. At what point can we not chalk it up to figuring things out early in the season? Iowa with a take here, which now we're back up 10 points because Iowa's incredible. Good God. Yeah, it's hard to say. I don't I don't have a... Uh... I don't have a um, a perspective on it too much. I think, um, yeah, I think I think <laughs> I don't know. Penn State made so many shots early. Now they're missing shots. Okay, so real quick, Andrew, and, we uh, had a, we had a miss by Io, and then Grandison, glue guy, yeah, off the there. bench. Grandison's played about ten minutes here. He's got a few offensive rebounds, a couple putbacks. He's got a three, and. Yeah, we'll get to Grandison in a bit here, but Andrew, you were talking more about this defense and and when you start worrying or when it's just a, a situation where some nights some other teams are just going to be on. Yeah, I think I think some of the issues too are team defense related. I mean, Underwood's not going to put guys on the floor that he, he doesn't believe can defend. Backdoor cut from um, Curbelo to Io, incredible. So it's a twelve point lead. Beautiful play. Wow. Um, Io with the left. This is just a this is just a classic. One of the old classic Io Grandison takeovers. Team <laughs> Io Grandison, <laughs> one of the classic Grandison takeover. Okay, so it's a ten point lead. These two teams, after that s- scuffle, have essentially not missed. They're just going back and forth. Incredibly fast paced game. Io gets fouled on his shot. We're going to the under four timeout. Illinois with a ten point lead, and uh, Io kind of walked off the court there. I don't know if you guys saw that. I, I-, I don't know if he was just pissed off or something, but he walked past the bench. Um, well, maybe it's nothing, but it was just kind of I, peculiar. I, think, I just think his back is hurting because the last few minutes, it's pretty much just been him with the ball carrying the team. So <laughs> um, he might just have some. Well, then Grandison's, Grandison's back should be hurting too because. He's, yeah, Grandison's got a minor back strain right now. It's not a full, a full something that needs surgery yet, but hey. I need straight up chiropractic <laughs> help. Here's and your stat so, line. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Isaac. Go ahead. I was just going to say, going back to how you were talking about nobody's getting a stop, there's some somewhere there's some hardcore defensive coach like Bob Huggins that is just barfing in his living room right now because it's like it's like Penn State's like trying to let us score just so they can get the ball back yeah. quickly. Yeah, it seems that way. Themselves, and then we're like, okay, let them score and just give Io the ball. Pretty much. that That's what that three-minute stretch was, with apart from the Grandison... Grandison put back, and then Curbelo was a huge part of that, that backdoor cut from Io. So Io is at 27 points, six rebounds, five assists, two steals. Kofi has 22 points, only four rebounds. That's puzzling. 
you have Trent Frazier with five points. He struggled offensively tonight, but he does have five assists and no turnovers. So as a facilitator, doing pretty good. Adam Miller still kind of struggling, five points. Uh, we have DeMonte, off night for him. He's got a three, of course, but that's one field goal made in a free throw. And then off the bench, here's the encouraging thing. And uh, Andrew, I want to get your thoughts on if this is just essentially your eight-man rotation. You got Curbelo. He's got 11 points and eight assists. You got Georgie with eight points and three rebounds and Grandison with seven points. And get this, seven rebounds. And I don't know about coming out party, but Andrew, if I knew that Grandison can give you solid minutes every night at a position where you don't really have a wing or a four, I'll take it. I think that improves this team dramatically. Yeah, it's going to be interesting what, what he's uh, what he's able to provide the team. Coming in, I, I think he was um, not even that he played poorly, but he he just hadn't really shown up much. He was just kind of logged some minutes and and uh, and didn't really fill up anything on the stat sheet. So I don't know too much about the guy. I, I I'm still trying to give him kind of the eye test, and this is the best I've seen him look. Um, you also kind of wonder if it's matchup specific where. You know, Underwood feels more confident in, in something he sees against a certain team with with kind of how Grandison fits in as a puzzle piece. Um, but yeah, coming in as a transfer, you know, well, like we kind of talked about in, in one of the previous episodes, you never really know what you're going to get or how a guy from a smaller school is, if, if he's going to be able to rise to the occasion and play against consistently better competition. Um, but yeah, come, come like seeing what Grandison did tonight, I think it's definitely promising and uh, will be interesting you know, how he continues to kind of get minutes and how Underwood plays him. Well, Isaac, just a few days ago, we were saying during the Rutgers game, the Grandison, he was doing some really good standing, doing some really good running. He was doing a good job just being there. He was doing the old Tony Snell, 28 minutes played and not a single thing on the stat sheet. And then tonight he's filling it up. So go figure. I'm starting to wonder if these guys somehow are like monitoring our phones because every time I swear I text about or we text negatively about somebody just and it's it's fair negativity too. They just start to play well. Um, and even earlier, I said, "Wow, Rutgers is just a dominant team." And then they blew a sixteen point lead. So Grandison must also be kind of monet, monet, monetizing our phones because the past few games he just forgot how to play basketball pretty much. And now this game, he looks like he could be your sixth or seventh guy off the bench, which is more than what we need from him. Yeah, so we got a free throw made for Iowa, missed by Penn State. They're starting to miss here. 319 to go. Curbelo with the ball. 11-point Illinois lead, trying to just put this thing on ice. Curbelo going in the lane, looking for somebody. He takes the... Wow. (laughs) That's pretty cool. That was a 10-foot little fadeaway action there. There was nobody else that he could find, so Curbelo's got a nice little mid-range stroke. Uh, He does a little bit of everything out there. He's really fun to watch. Go ahead. You're cut. Sorry. Wait. Was I cutting out there? Sorry. Good old Zoom. Sorry. I I was just going to say, you're doing to Penn State kind of what Rutgers did to you last game because you started off pretty well. And then it it was neck and neck at halftime. And in the second half, Rutgers just blew you out. So it's a lot more satisfying when you start off slow and then finish strong because it's not about how you start. But um, this is is a big-time performance. I think this shows a lot that you can recover from a sloppy, sloppy start. A sloppy start, and also in a bounce-back game, I assumed that we were just going to come out hair on fire from the beginning, and then all of a sudden, uh uh-oh, you're down 19-4. to And Andrew, I'd mentioned earlier in this half, and I don't think it was wishful thinking, but it was like, if this progresses, maybe this is what this game means. My hope is, Andrew, that this is that kind of galvanizing moment where you look at the eight-man rotation 
everybody contributed. Everyone kind of brought something different to the table. You know that Iowa and Kofi are your studs, but you're starting to see in what was kind of a must-win game for your Big Ten title chances that when Illinois got the haymaker early, they responded pretty quickly and then had a really good second half to follow. To me, that's encouraging despite the defensive deficiencies that we've seen. Yeah, I agree. I think we'll move into six and three here. When you kind of reflect on our first nine, 10 games, there's been so many different stories and headlines of who's really stepped up. DeMonte's won us a couple games this year. Georgie had the, obviously the massive game against Baylor to kind of keep us in it. Um, Kofi's looked bad at, at stretches. And then a night like tonight, the guy is just a- absolutely dominant and imposing as well. And, and so when you think about a great team um, in, in tough games, you don't necessarily know who's going to be that guy that steps up. But knowing that you have a roster full of guys who on any given night can can step up and and uh, propel your team to a win in a long and tough Big Ten season, um, that's what the best teams have. Corbello kind of falls over himself there. I don't know how much contact there was. So he gets called for a travel. It's an 11-point Illinois lead with 2.15 to go. Penn State moving quick here, looking for a three. It is up. It is no good off the front of the rim. Rebound to Trent. And with each missed shot, that all but puts it away here. So we got Corbello across the half-court line to DeMonte, and the clock ticks. Now we're under two minutes. Okay, so as we begin to look at the tail end of this game, guys, and we look at what's coming up for this Illinois team, um, I think we'd agree that the thing to work on, I guess just kind of a blanket term here, is defense. Iowa with the take, it is up, it is no good, but he gets the foul, so he'll go for two shots. So uh, other than defense, other than defense, which they just got to kind of figure that whole thing out, uh, Isaac, to start with you, the thing you're most encouraged by and the thing that you want to see improve the most, other than defense, because that's the easy Bes- answer. Yeah, besides defense, I'll start with the bad. Besides defense, I would love to see more from Adam Miller and then more consistency from Trent, um, because Adam Miller is really struggling right now. He really seems like he's in his head. And then Trent, even defensively, has been getting kind of taken to the rack more than I feel like he did last year. Um, so if you get more consistency from those guys night in and night out, I mean, you've got 93 points right now. And those are two scores that haven't even played very well. Yeah. And then something that I'm really encouraged by, though, would have to be the scoring at the same time because <laughs> – because you have 93 points. I mean, in your wins, you're averaging, I think, 91. And some of those were against terrible teams. But that's been a problem that we've had at Illinois for how long, Carp? It just felt like you couldn't score over 70. If you scored 70, it felt like a big game. We have so many guys that can put up 20 points right now, I feel like. Um, and Io is just on another level. There's a lot of things to be positive about. But I think the fact that we're putting up 93 um, against another Big Ten opponent is really encouraging. 93-80, to 80, air ball three from Penn State. We're under the minute mark here, and we'll see if they foul, and they are. Sure, why not? Uh, Andrew, same question to you. So other than defense, uh, what you want to see improve the most, and then what are you most impressed by and what you saw tonight? Uh, I'm actually going to go reverse order. Okay. Uh, what I'm most impressed by uh, I Curbelo. Curbelo, his natural his natural ability to play the one, he's came in averaging seven assists a game. I think he's got eight tonight. I mean, this guy may lead the Big Ten in assists coming off of the bench, which is remarkable. So I, I would love to see him play more pick and roll basketball. 
I think so many times, especially early in the game when we kind of got it going and turned it around, they're just easy baskets where the defense collapsed on him in a pick and roll and he made the right basketball play. And uh, I think from an improvement standpoint, even though it's kind of broad, I think just consistency, like we, we play well in, in stretches. Um, but I think if we can come out with a little more firepower and I think have a little bit more improved focus in certain stretches of the game, um, I think that gives us the best chance to, to play to our maximum potential, which, which is a top 10 team. Yeah, I would agree with that. When we're seeing here in the last, well, 35 minutes of the game, like you take the five minutes out of the beginning and this would be a 30-point road blowout. Now, you can't do that. They happened. And if anything, that might have been the catalyst for Illinois to figure things out. But this is, at the end of the day, a 30-point swing from where you were five minutes into the game and kind of back on your heels a little bit. So for me, I'm most encouraged not just by the efficiency on offense. I mean, that's been pretty incredible. but the fact that this team, it, it, it may not look the same kind of resilience that we saw last year where that team had to grind out every win, it felt like. Uh, but it's resilience nonetheless, the fact that they were able to take that haymaker and roll with it and come out the second half guns blazing. So I just used about five cliches in one sentence there. But all in all, an impressive win and a much-needed win. We got 47 seconds to go. So as we wrap this up, guys, um, wish you both a very merry Christmas and happy holiday season. So I know Isaac, are you staying in the area for this, uh, for Christmas and new year's? So I'm, I'm just staying, uh, with family and I have a lot of family in the Midwest. I'm going to get not a lot of family, but most of my family's from around here. We're going to get together and, um, have a grand old time, but it's, it's nice to just have a step back from the real or from pressures and things from the real world and there's a lot of good sports on this weekend so probably just consume as much sports as i can over this next week or so yeah the nba is back too andrew so uh you're back in town i know maddie's back in town too and oh boy hold on before i get to that andrew we got a scrum penn state is pissed off and wow this number two guy is that was not like io wow are they going to go to the monitor for this or do they just let it? Well, dude, this guy is. I didn't see what, I didn't see what happened. What sparked it? I, I don't know. I guess we'll take a look at it. But how? I, I okay. Well, l- let me start by saying this. Watch right? this. Oh, go ahead, Isaac. What do you see? You're a little so bit ahead of us. Io, Io kind of gets you. You guys might see it right now. Io gets in their face, and then he walks over to the bench, and Kofi kind of gets him, gives him a high five for standing up for Curbelo. Okay, so Curbelo was dribbling here at the half court line. This Penn State guy is getting handsy, even though they're down 16 points. And then they all come in Corbellus. Oh, wow. Io got right up in that guy's face. Love it. Dang. That I means, love that, too. Yeah. I, I love that because that's your freshman point guard. And I know that Underwood harps on culture a lot. And it matters. I think it matters the fact that Io didn't just go there like, hey, man, what's going on? He got right in that guy's face once he saw that Corbello was okay. <laughs> it's listen when you're up 16 this is all good and actually even if it wasn't a 16 point lead i would i would take this because andrew we look back at the gross era and i think the last time that that era had any edge to it was when the second year kendrick nunn gotten i think it was god it was against penn state at home kendrick nunn gotten one of their guys's grills and that was maybe the last time a john gross team to my memory kind of was the aggressor you know and and made sure yeah. that they weren't getting punked because it felt like it happened all too yeah. often in that era. 
No, I agree. I, I, I love it. I think, uh, like if you're going to recruit a kid who's going to change the culture in the program, uh, that's what I was supposed to do. And I don't know how much Underwood, uh, kind of talks to him about that stuff or it's, or, or if it's more instinctual, but, um, standing up for your freshman point guard and, and the guy that you kind of take under your wing, uh, to your, to your point, those things mean something. And I think later in the year, uh, when this team is bonding, clicking, the camaraderie, um, they're going to look back at moments like that, that 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 definitely means something. Why do I get the feeling we're going to be pensive? Car- can I? Yeah, go ahead, Isaac. Oh, I was just going to add, Io. I mean, the past three years, he's got to be the most chirped at player on this team, right? Oh, yeah. By the opposing bench, by the fans, by everything. So you just wonder what has gone on during this game or what Penn State, what that Penn State guy was saying to get Io's, under Io's skin enough for him to run over there. And he wasn't holding back. I mean, he probably would have fought that guy if Corbello wouldn't have pulled him back. So it just, I wonder what goes on in there because Io has got to get crap 24-7 during these games. As I'm watching this, I think what Underwood should do is, I, I don't know if they're going to get free throws or not. I think there was a foul called. I think that was a foul on Corbello, correct? Everything happens yeah, so it's, quick. It's one of those. It, it's it's one of those things though, where it's like it's kind of common courtesy. Like the game's over, it's without a reach. Like yeah, you don't knock right. somebody over reaching reaching in the backcourt. Uh, and see, I didn't. I don't know how much contact there was, and uh, I, I don't think Carmelo flopped. Um, but you know what yeah, I do here? I I, Here's what I do. I I let if this is a free throw shooting opportunity, I let Carbello shoot the first. Then I call a timeout, and then I put in all the scrubs. Just like you would at home when you're up by a lot of points, right? And you give the walk-ons or whatever. Like, just elongate this thing and really let it just permeate and, and soak into the Penn State bench. I think with the, when these two teams play again January 20th, I, I don't know what Penn State's trying to do here in terms of, like, light a switch. But I think Illinois is going to run them by, like, 20 points. Well, they're already being them by 16 on the road. That, that to me, on January 20th, feels like I, I, I don't think Penn State wants any of that. Like, why would you piss off Io, who's already got 30 points, at the tail end of this game, when he got one more coming up against them in three weeks, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. All right, they're still talking. Cabello's like a Cabello's just a holly jolly guy too. So for him to be the he is very that, he is a jolly um, guy. He's always he's smiling. always smiling. So how maybe that just annoys the other team when you're up sixteen and you got this smiley kid, you know, just letting himself get pushed around. And I do think Curbelo might have acted a little bit, but there's no reason to do that when no. you're down 16 with 30 seconds to go. If you're down three possessions, maybe, but you're down at least six possessions. Now, I do. this does also beg the question, why do we have our five starters in there at this point? But that's that's irrelevant when the other guy is being an aggressor in a 16-point deficit that doesn't really matter. So they're talking Underwood now. I feel a little bad, not not really, but kind of, for the Indiana Northwestern fans, where I think that game's coming up next, and now they got to wait because we have a scrum at Bryce Jordan Center, and I still don't know the coach's name for Penn State. That's common courtesy. I should maybe look Something that up. Jones. Yeah, and they got some guys coming back, but you know the thing about Penn State is even though they won, okay, so they're three and two, about to be three and three, but the wins that they do have was an impressive on the road at uh, Virginia Tech. They only lost by four at Michigan on Sunday, so this may not be a bad team. They lost against Seton Hall, but Seton Hall, if I recall, I'm not trying to rhyme there, but Seton Hall is actually a pretty good program now, even though they're six and four this year. So, not a bad team to beat by sixteen. Um, I think that's the big takeaway as we get everything settled here. 
course, it's going Jim, on forever. Jim Ferry really is sad. Uh, what? Got ejected. Sorry. Io got ejected. Dang. Yes. Well, that's pretty weak. We took all that's that dramatic. time with twenty-seven seconds. Did left. the other? Did the other guy for Penn State get ejected? Was it a double ejection? Is that it? Yeah, it was a double tech. So now, now Corbello is shooting free throws in a sixteen-point game with twenty-seven seconds left. Because you decided to go look at the video replay and give a double ejection. That's pretty stupid. So we got a 16-point Illinois lead with 27.5 to go. These last 27 seconds of the game will have taken in real time about 12 minutes. So wait, we're going to shoot free throws and then they're going to shoot free throws? Is that it? Yeah. So, spoiler, Corbello just made two free throws. Mm. And now number two, I forget his name, is shooting free throws for Penn State. Um, I guess just to improve both of their free throw percentages. I'm not 100% sure why we really need to do this. You know, but, if it, so maybe, to, maybe to help the over. I don't know what the total is. If they had didn't pass that over <laughs> 10 minutes ago, I, I got to think the over, I think it was about 150 or something. I think it was okay, about 75 sense. per team or what, what, in the 140 to 150 range, which I'm noticing a lot of college games. It's not just Illinois, but there is a lot of high scoring basketball going on in college right now that is not. Oh, oh. oh. So we might have ended the game with something good here. I'm not sure. But yeah, number two is at the line for Penn State. They don't have names on the back of their jersey, so I'm not going to care to look it up. That's just lazy to not even put a name on it. But this number two has been chirping all game long. They literally had to take him to the locker Like, Fletcher just took him to the locker room. Like, is that necessary? No. Uh, number two just airballed a shot. His first yeah, free throw. Yeah, that's why I reacted, because... Oh my God. Andrew, you taught me, Andrew, back at that Bragging Rights game in 2013. I don't know how I'd never heard of this term, but you taught me ball don't lie. And that was in the Tracy Abrams free throw game in Missouri, missed some clutch free throws late in the game. I did not know that term before then. It applied just now. It's nice to see that. It it did. It's a Rasheed Wallace classic. I think he has the trademark on okay. it. Okay. All right. That makes sense. I always liked Rasheed, especially in the Portland Trailblazers years. I think those are my favorite. Yep. All right, 98 to 81. We got 25 seconds to go. All right, guys, so uh, miss three, and let's see if Illinois tries to go for 100. That w- that's the final storyline here. Underwood might be a bigger man than I as he's going to dribble this out. And fortunately, in this COVID era, these teams don't need to shake hands. 98 to 81, Illinois improves to 2-1 and one in the Big Ten with a game against Indiana at home on Saturday. Andrew, Isaac, have a great Christmas, guys. Thanks for joining us tonight, and... We'll talk soon, all right? Same to you guys. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Talk soon. Same to you, Andrew. Isaac, take care, buddy. Hey, you as well, Carb. And that one's satisfying, but beating Indiana is going to be a lot more satisfying. Yes, I agree. We'll see you on Saturday, okay, bud? Adios. All right. That's Andrew Wilson and Isaac Ambrose helping out here on the 200 level. The last 15 minutes were delegated to about 27 seconds of game time as things got a little bit nutty there. But at the end of the day, Boy, uh, this was where I was at five minutes into the game. We had picked up some dinner. We're sitting down on the couch, and I just let this flurry of curse words fly as I see it's 19 to 4, thinking, oh, my God, we got major issues here. And then after I calmed down, and, and Kara is very understanding and patient with that, then it got close, and you were trading buckets for a bit, but then eventually you were just scoring more than they did. And ultimately, that's what happened tonight. You gave up 80-plus points, but you scored 98. You pulled an Iowa but you did so against a Penn State team that had been pretty competitive and looked good at parts this year. So I'm 
overall very, very encouraged by what happened tonight. How could you not be? You hope that the defensive cohesion kind of emerges as the season goes along. I know Adam Miller is really struggling defensively. But you're starting to see the eight-man rotation. If Grandison can give you a little bit, then that means that DeMonte, even if he doesn't make two or three threes a game, that's okay. You're kind of solidifying that three-four spot. If you can get Adam Miller scoring, all of a sudden you're off the charts good. And that's why tonight with Io doing what he did and Kofi continuing his hot streak and Curbelo, the difference maker, and just such a spark plug off the bench. There's a reason this team tantalizes us and makes us think that they could win it all. That's not crazy to think that they could. We know they could. But along the way, you would love to see them achieve some more tangible goals, whether that be a Big Ten title, Big Ten tournament title to a lesser extent. And tonight goes a long way in doing that because it's not like tonight's win is going to be the one that we look back on as the difference in winning or not winning a Big Ten title. But had you lost it, lost two games in a row in the first three of this Big Ten stretch, you might have looked back on this period and thought, man, you really handicapped yourselves. You didn't. And instead, you leave Penn State feeling like you have more answers than questions. That's not what you felt like after Sunday. So a big game on this Saturday against Indiana at home. Excited to get back to it. Let me check the time for that here. I don't know if it's an afternoon game. Let's see. Indiana's going to be 3 o'clock on Saturday. Perfect. Love the afternoon start. So we will be back for a post-game podcast with that. But in the meantime, we got Christmas Eve tomorrow, Christmas Day after that. Enjoy your Christmas holiday with whoever you're enjoying it with. Be safe. Be healthy. Thank you so much for all the support that you guys have given us this year and really the last month. I think we got a lot of new listeners, and that all starts at the core of listeners that we already had. So thank you for sharing the podcast. Thank you for telling people about it. And thanks for tuning in as we continue to put out a bunch of these, and we plan on doing so for the rest of this basketball season and beyond. Okay, before we go, DP Doe. Online at dpdoe.com. Use coupon code MIKE for... $5 Cal Zones and $6 Premium and Construction Zones at dpdo.com. Fourth and Kirby online at fourthandkirby.com. Coupon code 200 level for 10% off your order at fourthandkirby.com. And of course, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com for all your insurance needs. Brianismyguy.com. For Alana Inquirer, the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. All right. It is 7:45 on December 23rd. Basically, Christmas is here. So we're going to go watch a movie. We're going to chill out. We're going to sleep in. And as the weather gets colder, it's nice to not have to do a damn thing. So I hope you get that same privilege. And we'll see you soon on December 26th for the Indiana game. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you on Saturday. It is the 200 level.